Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. That song has like been in my spirit the last few days. Just, I, I'm made in the image of my daddy. <laughs> I am made in the image of my daddy. And I'm a warrior and I love that song. It just reminds me of my inheritance and the fact that I am, I defeat the enemy. He doesn't defeat me. And so you got to get a revelation of the cross in your life. Like you got to get a revelation of Jesus and what he did for you. And once you get the revelation of what Jesus did for you, you'll, you'll walk around with the same mentality. You'll wage war on the enemy. You will not wait on the enemy to wage war on you. You're not just going to sit back and let him attack you 
or attack your house or attack your finances or attack your friends or you attack your neighborhood. No, you'll begin to wage war in the spirit because you'll 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 understand that no matter what, my daddy got my back and this is what the word says and this is what I'm supposed to walk in and I'm not look living or are going to serve or live in a, in a state that's less than that. You'll get real bold and you'll be real confident and you'll be bold as a lion. And it's not because you're bold in yourself. It's going to be because you're bold in Christ Jesus. And when you become bold in Christ Jesus, it looks a little bit different. So you don't sit around waiting to be attacked. You don't sit around waiting on someone to waited on the enemy to defeat you, you, you stand in the power and the authority that comes to you in Christ Jesus and the blood. And so you just say to yourself today, I'm just like my daddy, like I'm just like my daddy. And I know that's difficult when we don't have a revelation of really who Christ is when we religiously have been taught. Yeah. Right. Bold, bold, bold. Like when we've been taught things that don't necessarily line up with the word of God, you got to know that you're a warrior through Christ Jesus. And the reason that you can boldly proclaim you are a warrior through Christ Jesus is because it was already taken um, care of at the cross. This morning I was taking communion and I will admonish you. I will admonish you to take communion often. I was taking communion this morning and as I was taking the sacraments, I just saw them so differently. And it's as if I could, I could just imagine what, what this bread really represent. I could imagine the cat of nine tails. I could imagine when they were pressing the thorn in his head. I could imagine when he was taking stripes for me. Like I just was, it, it was the imagery was so real this morning. The vision was so real this morning. And I was just like, my God, this is what, when you were bruised, when you were broken, this is what this did for me. And then when I got ready to, to drink, you know, what represents the blood, it was like, my God, your blood poured out. And this is what it's doing right now. As I'm drinking this, this isn't communion as normal. This is what this, and I, I'm going to be honest, I just begin to weep. Um, and so you just got to know what happened on the cross and how real Jesus is, is, and it's at, and it also brings you to a place of victory. And we've not been walking in our victory in Christ Jesus. We just not, we've not been bold. We've not been walking in the victory that comes to us in Christ Jesus, we've been settling for less when the blood took care of it all, when the blood sealed it, when the blood redeemed us, when the blood changed positions for us. And because we really don't understand the power of the blood, my God, we walk in a less than version. It sealed our fate. It sealed us in the Holy Spirit. And we won't walk in this because we're trying to still make it make us realize it in the natural when we need to get a hold of it in the spiritual so i hope that you have your coffee or your tea or whatever it is you drink and if you don't drink coffee and tea well then get you some water you know that you got your water get you some water drink something this morning water i drink water before i drink anything else because water 
will wake up your organs, get you some water. I hope you have something to take notes on. Remember, you don't ever come before God. You don't ever get in teaching and you don't have something to take notes. Your phone, a pen, a pencil, paper, you should always be taking notes. All right. Um, so make sure you have those and let's get into the word today, but we're going to pray. And then I'm going to read, um, the scripture. I was in my closet praying and the scripture fast, a particular verse out the scripture passed flashed before my face. Well, when the verse flashed before my face, I had to go back and read the chapter and then we're back in Ephesians again, but another part of Ephesians. So let's, let's just pray for a second. Father God, we bless your name. We thank you. You are such a sovereign, mighty, um, wonderful, merciful God. You are so, you are so mighty and you are mighty to save. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for revelation knowledge. We thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding to the hope and call of who you called us to be through Christ Jesus. We thank you this morning. We are full of Christ. My God, imitating your love, Lord God, walking in the fullness that you called us to be, that we do not have to walk according just to this earth and vessels and our less than self. So give us revelation. Give us eyes to see. Give us a heart of understanding, Lord God. Give us ears to hear, Father God. You said in your last days that you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. So I thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for pouring out your spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in. We welcome you in. We welcome you in. Now only go do what you can do. Give us a revelation of who the Father is. Let us see through the eyes of Christ today, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you and we glorify you. Father God, I thank you for anointing my vocal cords. I thank you that they are strong. I thank you, Father God, that I have ears to hear. And I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that only, only you, Holy Spirit, can lead this thing. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, Father God, in your sight. Lord God, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. I thank you, Father God, that miracle signs and wonders is following the word today, Father God. I thank you for the word of the prophet. I thank you, Father God. For you choosing us and you supping with us in Jesus name. So let me read Isaiah 53. And the verse that God gave me was the eighth verse, right? And it says he was unjustly condemned, right? It was, and, and it's talking about Jesus. He was led away, right? And so I want to come back and, and read Isaiah 53 to you. And what Isaiah 53 to you does is it paints a clear picture of how far God went to provide for us what we could not provide for ourselves. So these verses in Isaiah 53 describe what Jesus would go through on his journey to the cross. And not only did he conquer death so that we could have life, but in the process he paid for our sin, our rebellion, our shame, our brokenness, our sickness and disease. And he volunteered for this, like he volunteered for this. He volunteered for this. And so I'm going to pray as I read this, that your eyes be open. And then God told us to focus on the eighth verse, which says he was unjustly condemned. He was led away. He was unjustly condemned, right? He was humiliated. He received no justice, right? And if you compare that, he received no justice. He was unjustly condemned. He, he did not have sin. He was without sin. And so 
He who was out sin took on sin so that we didn't have to pay the penalty of our carnal nature. So this Jesus that we serve, this Jesus that we worship, this Jesus that we love, he is not some weak Jesus. He is not some weak Jesus. He is not some weak Jesus. He is not some weak Jesus, right? If it was unjust, if it was unfair, if he made a decision to suffer for us, we do not serve some weak Jesus. This is not a weak Jesus. I'm sick of him being portrayed as a weak Jesus. The the moment at the cross, the, the minute he made a decision to walk this out for us, he was a bold, he was strong, he was sovereign, he knew his call, he knew his purpose, he knew why God had birthed him into the earth, he knew it was divine. We do not serve some weak Jesus. We, we do not, we do not, we do not serve some man that's just on a picture. We do not serve some, he is not a weak Jesus. What he did for us brought back, brought him back from the gates of hell with all power in his hands. And if we knew how powerful Jesus was, we'd operate a little bit differently and we strive even more to be in the image of Christ. He is not a weak Jesus. He is not a weak Jesus. He was bruised for your iniquities. He was chastised for our, our peace and by and upon his stripes, he is healed. He was my version in NLT says he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. And I'm not going to read all of this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But I'm going to go back to the eighth verse. He was unjustly condemned. He was led away. Let me see what Acts say 833 says because I have a reference. And you need to under, understand Everything that Jesus took for you was unjust. It was not fair. He didn't have sin in him. He wasn't the one that sinned. He didn't, he didn't fall. And I know sometimes it's hard for you to conceive this, but again, we walk this out by faith. This is not what we receive in the natural. We receive this in the spirit. And so think about it from this, right? Think about it from this way. Think about it from this perspective. If you sinned yesterday and we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? Like, just think about it from this way. The punishment, whatever the wage, the wages of sin are death, right? Every time sin comes in or every time you make a decision to sin, imagine him standing between you and the persecution. Imagine him standing in between you and the consequences for your actions. Imagine him standing in between you and the cat of the nine tails. Imagine him getting his flesh ripped open so that your flesh wouldn't be ripped, ripped open. Imagine he was spit on. He was talked about. He was alive. Um, imagine that he went through absolutely all of that, that he experienced absolutely all of that so that you didn't have to experience eternal damnation in hell so that you didn't have to have hell here, here on earth. Imagine every time they ripped open his flesh, right? That it was in repentance for your lies, uh, for your sinfulness, for your carnal ways, for all of the things that we get wrapped up in God. Imagine that every time you sin, that it's him standing in the middle of, he's taking the consequences for your actions unjustly, right? right? Unjustly. If you've ever been raised in a household with multiple kids, 
you probably have been blamed for something, right? That you didn't even do. You probably have been blamed for something until you, that you didn't even do, like you didn't even do. That's what he did. He took the blame for something that he didn't even do. So we don't serve a weak Jesus. We don't serve a weak Jesus. This ain't no weak Jesus. This, this ain't no weak Jesus because even after they beat him, even after the cat and tails, even after it was rip, ripping his flesh, he still had to carry the cross. He still had to carry the cross. Like he still had to carry the cross. He still had to put the cross back up on his back and walk up to the hill to finish this thing out. So you don't serve a weak Jesus. You don't, that's not a weak Jesus you serve. You're not serving a weak Jesus. You're serving a very powerful Jesus. You're serving a very strong Jesus. You're serving a very complete Jesus. And so he took these things on. So on eight, he was unjustly. So the next time you get ready to complain, remind yourself in Isaiah 53 and eight, he was unjustly condemned. He was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in men's stream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. <laughs> he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. This wasn't, we didn't serve, we don't serve a weak Jesus. We don't serve, we, we don't serve, that way, that, that we don't serve a weak Jesus. And because we don't serve a weak Jesus, we, we don't have to be weak. We don't have to be weak. We just don't do it in our own strength. We do this in our own power. My God. So we don't serve a weak, this looks different, right? This looks different. It was unjust. It was unfair. It was not, it was according to plan and according to purpose. It says, no one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. My God, he was taken from his life. Nobody cared about that, but he was struck down for the rebellion. And it says in this, of my people, God said, of my people. And then if you go down on the night, he said he had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. My God, that is so powerful. We don't serve a weak Jesus. We don't, we don't, we don't. We do not serve a weak, I don't know why. We, 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 he's always portrayed, he portrayed like he's weak or we articulate like he's weak. Like he doesn't, he isn't mighty to save and that what he's done for us is not enough. It's enough. Like it's enough. What he already did on the cross is enough. If he doesn't ever do anything else, he's done enough. He's done enough. Like he's done enough. Right. And then after he left, he sent us the power. And the power that he gave us is through the Holy Spirit. So he God the Father that loved us so much, right? That even though he want even though we he really wanted to banish us and he could have created a whole new race, a whole new planet of people. He said, nah, I'm gonna stick to my word, I'm gonna redeem them, I'm gonna set them free, and I'm gonna set them th free through my son. And I'm pretty sure that when Jesus was going through every beating and every strike, I'm pretty sure God our Father. His heart, I just cannot imagine what his heart felt like, but he made the sacrifice and knew it was necessary. And Jesus made the sacrifice and he knew it was necessary, right? So he was bruised for your iniquities. He was chastised for your peace, but you need to remind yourself he was unjustly condemned. 
right? We do stuff all the time that we don't, we don't pay the price for. He was unjustly condemned. He was led away and no one cared that he died without descendants. My God, what a word to chew on that, chew on that today. So let's get into Ephesians. We're skipping over to Ephesians 5. So I hope you have pen and pencil so that you can take notes on this because this is going to make sense in a minute. We're skipping over to Ephesians 5. We're not going to Ephesians 2 next. We're going into Ephesians 5. All right. But I need to give you something right there at the end of Ephesians 1. Right. And then when we go over to Ephesians 5, we're going to chew through Ephesians 5 slowly, just as we chew through Ephesians 1 slowly. So I need to give you a little end part of Ephesians 1 that is kind of tied into what we study now, ask the Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I need to see this. I need to receive this. I need to have revelation of what you're saying this morning. I don't want to miss this. Like, I don't want to miss this. Don't, don't, you can praise, you can worship and all that other stuff, but don't get so much as in the, caught up in the conversation as you get caught up in this word. Like, get up, it get caught up in this. Don't get so much and caught up, get caught up in this word. So, and I'm, I'm being serious about that. So let's go into the end of this. We read through Ephesians 1. We studied through Ephesians 1. I'm pretty sure we'll go back through some things again and God will give us more revelation. But, but the Ephesians 1 was telling us how much God loved us. That's what Ephesians 1 was giving us, telling us how much God loved us, right? So if we go back over, we're adopted, right? It was telling us all the spiritual blessings. And what the spiritual blessings tell us is how much God loved us. This is how much God loved us. God loved you that he sent his son. And when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then you're royally adopted. But he's also identifying that he chose us, right? He's also identifying how much he loves us. He also identifies how much he favors us. He also identifies how much he cares for us. He also identifies that we're sealed into the day of redemption. Until we get to heaven, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So we're not left here orphaned. We're not left him orphaned. He's identifying himself as our father. He's sealing and signing the royal DNA and saying, this is who we are in Christ Jesus. And you don't have to live any less than this. But we know that this has been difficult for us to receive. And the reason that it has been difficult for us to receive is because most of us have not taken this by faith. Most of us haven't taken us this by faith. We keep trying to conceive this in the natural. We keep trying to receive this um, from what our eyes see. We don't understand the spiritual side of God. And so when Paul started praying and when Lakeisha started praying and when you started praying for the eyes of our understanding to the be, to be open to the hope, the, the, the riches and glorious call of Christ Jesus on our life or who we are through Christ Jesus, we're gaining a better understanding of who we are, how much God loves us, and how much God um, longs for us to walk in kingdom according to purpose. My God, to walk in kingdom according to purpose. And so we, we trek through Ephesians 1, and I need to give you the 22nd and the 23rd verse, and then we're going to go over to Ephesians 5. The 22nd verse says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ. I told you, we don't, we don't have no weak Jesus. We don't serve no weak Jesus. We don't, we don't serve no weak Jesus. You need to read this. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. I made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, right? Putting all things, all things 
under the authority of the blood, all things under the authority of the Christ of Christ Jesus, not some things, but all things, every problem, every circumstance, every issue, your low self-esteem, your depression, all things are subject to Christ. This government, all things are subject to Christ. That's why I tell you, your prayer life will change some things. All things, not some things, not part. God is concerned about everything with you. All things are subject to Christ. All things are subject to Christ. You better say that all things are subject to Christ. And he has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. And we are the church. We are the church. We are his body. Christ is the head. We are the church, right? We are the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ. It is made full. I'm going to repeat that. It's made full and complete about Christ. Because often we'll think we're lacking something, but we're not lacking absolutely anything. What we need is in Christ Jesus. You, When you accept Christ Jesus as whole, that's why it's so important for you to understand the importance of communion. When I take communion, it represents the fact or it reminds me I am whole. I am whole in Christ Jesus. I am whole in Christ Jesus. I'm not broken. I'm not fragmented. I'm not separated. I'm not. Now, my life may reflect that. Right. But I've got to renew my mind in the word so that I get back to the foundation of who I am because I've just been outside of God's will for my life. He said, and I am complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Now, in order to be full of Christ, you got to do something. So let's go over to Ephesians five. Let's go over to Ephesians five. And I'm going to back up a little bit to four. And then I'm going to talk about imitating God. No, nah, I will wait on four. We'll go through four ready. But in order to be full of Christ, you got to full be full of some things. You got to be full less of some things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So we're going to get 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 over to Ephesians five, and we're going to just pause for a second. I'm just being real. We're going to pause. We're going over to Ephesians five, and we're just going to kind of sit on these first couple of words, and we're not going to go further, and we're going to chew on what they mean. So we're in Ephesians five, the very first verse. It says, "Imitate God." That that's that's it. It says imitate God. And we're going to talk about what it means to imitate God. And we're going to chew on what it means to imitate God. And I titled today's devotional. I want to be just like daddy. That's what I titled, titled today's devotional. I just want to be just like I just want to be just like daddy. Right. So let's talk about what imitate means this morning. Imitate means the act of following in a manner or copying in form. The act of making the similitude of anything or of attempting the resemblance of. If I'm going to imitate God, I've got to pursue God to become in his image. I've got to spend time with God. I've got to make the devotional important, right? I've got to make sure that I'm devoting time to God because if I'm going to copy him in any form, if I'm going to manner my life out, out after him, if I'm going to be in the image of Christ, if I'm going to understand my royal priesthood and how to operate in the kingdom courts and how I'm supposed to conduct myself and how I'm supposed to live and how I'm supposed to love, right? Then I've got to understand what and who my daddy is. So let me give you a foundation for this. Thank you, Lord. Let me give you a foundation for this. Let's go over to Genesis first chapter and the 26th through the 28th verse. It says, then God said, let us make man 
or human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and he created them female. He created them male and he created female. So when we start talking about imitating God, we've got to figure out what it means first to imitate God, right? We got to figure out what it means first to be imitate God. How do we imitate God, right? And Paul is calling us into a different life. Paul is saying to us here, listen, I, there's some things that you're going to have to do away with. Now, if you back up into the fourth chapter, you're going to understand that he's going to say, there's some things that you have to do away with. And I'm telling you, you've got to do, you got to do away with these things so you can become full of God, right? See, anytime we're full of other stuff, we can't be full of God, right? Because that stuff is in the place of God. And so Paul is calling them out and say, look, I need you to do away. And we're going to read this. I, I need you to do away with anger. I need you to do away with dishonesty. I need you to do away with unwholesome words. And I need you to put on godly characteristics that look truthful, that look kind, that looks like forgiveness. This is what you're going to need to look like if you're going to imitate God. He's saying, I need you to I need you to mimic God, right? I need you to copy the characteristics of God. I need you to seek God so that you can just become just like God. And God created humanity to do that. He created us in our own image. But when Adam and Eve fell, we all fell. <laughs> Right. We all fail. Right. It was marred. It was destroyed. Right. When they ate the fruit, when they disobeyed God, when they dishonored God, we all fail. But here's the clutch and the clutch is Jesus. Right. And so that's why I said you don't serve no weak Jesus. So when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's not just to get us to heaven. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Whew, we we washed anew. We're made anew. We're rinsed from our past. We're rinsed from the past of Adam and Eve. We're rinsed from our stain. It's like a washing. We're washed and we're renewed, right? Colossians 3 and 10 says we put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of the creator. And so every day we eat the word of God, every day we study the word of God, every day we renew our mind, then guess what's happening to us? God is daily renewing us back into the perfect image, my God, back into the perfect image of who he created us to be. Remember in Ephesians 1, the Holy Spirit seals us to the day of redemption. Every time we renew our mind, we become sealed to the day that we're redeemed. We're patched. The cracks are being filled in and we're becoming more and more like God. But can I tell you something? You got to have ownership in this. You've got to be the one. And when we chew on this and you see this, you're going to be like, oh my God, you have way more authority than you know. And, and you have way more thought power than you know. And it's because the power doesn't come through you. It comes through Christ Jesus. He ain't no, Jesus ain't no punk. Jesus ain't weak. He's not a weak Jesus. He has all power in him that's necessary. He has everything in him to complete you. He has everything in you. He has, but we have a role that we need to play in the transformation. 
We have a role that we have to play in the transformation. So how do we imitate God? How can we live like God, right? When we living amongst the ungodly. I'm just going to be real. Like, how can we live? So here's some notes that say, when God said, let us make us image, and he told us everything we are connected to, right? Um, is connected to the one that created us. And that's the thing we don't realize everything we're connected to is connected to the one that created us. And so a lot of what we believe about the image or the to imitate God has been demonstrated through us, through people. And we've seen people go to church and we've seen people be religious and then we've seen them act in ungodly ways. And so many of us thought that this was still in the imitation of Christ. We, we thought it was not, we, we thought it was okay, right? He says, be imitators of God. And the next part of the verse says, as dearly loved children, right? That's Ephesians 5 and 1. What he's saying to us is you get to act in the image of God because you're a child of God. Well, if I don't understand that I'm a child of God, that's why we went through Ephesians 1, then I won't understand to act in his image or to imitate him, right? So if all things are under Christ, then what happened to us was due to all the things that we believe that were not like Christ, right? And so many of us were taught things that were very dysfunctional, right? We would see our parents go to church, they would serve the Lord, and then they get right in the car and start gossiping. We would see our uh, grandma them be in church and then they get right home and start cussing somebody out, right? Or we would see someone who say they love God with all their heart, and then they have all these crazy, been there, lived that, did that, was a part of some of that, right? Fight to not be a part of that. We've all been there. Or we ourselves, right? And we ourselves have done it and imitated those things in front of our kids, right? Those are the things that have happened because no one taught us what it looked like to live holy. No one taught us what it looked like to live in the image of God. And it's natural to believe that being like God is impossible. It's natural. It's not unnatural for us to be believed. However, it is not impossible because we are his children and his DNA is inside of us through Christ Jesus. He gave us this through power. Second Peter 1 3 says this, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Most of us have lived in so much chaos, right? For so long, we've lived in so much chaos and for so long that we thought it was normal to serve God, to look like God, but to still live in a very simple nature. Jeanette, can you say it again? This is why we have no power. This is why we are not seeing miracles, signs, and wonders manifest like they're supposed to because we still live in a very, we, we want to be like God, but we're not imitating and acting in the image of God because we, because someone has convinced us that it don't take all that. 
Someone has convinced us that it's impossible to achieve and it's not impossible to achieve because it's achieved through Christ Jesus. It's not through us. Can someone say not in my own strength? Can someone say not in my own strength? It's more divine than you imagine. And so we don't understand our divine. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, enter through the narrow, narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. I want to close out with this. I want to give you this so that you understand this. Most of us have been taught to fill our life with people. I'm just going to be honest. And for people to satisfy our longings, to satisfy our desires, to, to validate us, um, to give us what, what we need, most of us have been brought up in life with people. And so here's where people are. People are on the wide path. People are on the wide path. People are comfortable, right? Because he's telling us here it's narrow. It's, it's, it's narrow. People are usually on the wide path. And a lot of the people we've imitated and a lot of the people that we've allowed for us to get the image of what God looks like or what a godly life looks like is really on the wide path. It's on the wide path. And see, because we've been taught to get our comfort in people, we want to stay connected and on the wide path because the wide path feels comfortable. But see, where we've been tricked is the enemy, because we get so consumed with people. I'm just being honest. Because we get our satisfaction in people. I'm talking about your boss. I'm talking about your employer. I'm talking about your kids. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about all the things that consume us are somehow connected to people. Because we've learned to get our satisfaction in life from people, we will be on the wide path because it looks like Everybody, and we're talking about people who go to church. We're talking about people who preach. We're talking about people who love God. Everybody that's on this wide path that we're looking to get our satisfaction and what we need from people are usually on the broad path. When you are consumed with people, you will not see the pits. Oh, just said my mic fell under my Bible. <laughs> because you are consumed by people, you will not see the pits of what's happening. You will not see the pit of what's going wrong. You won't see all the other things that they're attached to that don't look like Christ because on the wide road, we all look real similar. We all look real similar. We all look the same on the wide, wide road. It all looks familiar. It all feels familiar. It all makes sense on the wide road. Well, on the narrow path, it looks different. On the wide path, it looks easier. So the people that we set up in our head to be role models, the people that we set up in our heads to emulate ourselves after, uh, if we had a good father, right? Oh, my dad was a good man, right? But your dad might not have imitated God. Oh, my mom was a good person, but she may not have imitated God. Those images that they set before us, those are the things that we begin to gravitate towards. Although Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. Many of us trust in people and people are on, on the right path and that path is full of pitfalls. Um, and there's a false image that gives us an idea, right? 
gives us an idea of what God is expecting for us, but it's not the reality. He said that gate is narrow to get through and that path is, is small. It's not positioned proper. You're not positioned properly to get through that path unless you understand that kingdom is is kingdom God. One, I need you to know God's nature is in us. Ephesians 1:19 says we're full of Christ. We're full of Christ. You're full of Christ. But in order to become full of Christ and imitate daddy like we're supposed to, we're going to have to we're going to have to release and let some of that other stuff go that we thought was impossible to let go. It's not impossible to let go. It's not impossible to let go. We just got to do this through Christ Jesus and understand. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4, right? says he gives us this divine power and godliness. Remind yourself, I'm giving this, I'm giving this divine power in godliness, right? I'm giving a divine nature. When I am just like my daddy, I'm given the divine nature of what I need to see and to succeed. I just got to understand we don't serve no weak Jesus and anything that I'm battling in my life, he gives me the power and the strength to overcome. I don't sexual temptation, uh, pornography, depression, all these things that are attached to us. Jesus gives me the power to overcome. I just got to know without a doubt, I don't serve no weak Jesus. And if I'm going to become just like my daddy, then I understand who I am in Christ Jesus and what my divine nature is. But in order to do this, I'm going to really begin, begin to have to imitate him. That's enough for you to chew on today. We're not, we're not through with this imitating God. We're not through. We're not through on this imitating with God. We're going to chew. We're going to chew through this. Right. The other thing I need to say this to you about people. Right. So so it can I can help you understand yourself emotionally because we trust in people and people become the thing we imitate. When people shift, we shift. I'm just being honest. When people shift, we shift. When people are, un are unstable, we are unstable. When people are up and down, we are up and down. When the climate and uh, when the government changes and they tell you that we are in a recession, then because you don't understand your divine nature, you, you receive the recession. Because medicine tells you this is how you get healed, right? Then you receive that to be your truth because you want the comfort that comes from the majority versus the divine nature that it takes just a little bit of work in the word for you to realign yourself. So every time people shift, you shift every time and, and, and false doctrine comes in, you're able to receive things that do not align with God. Every wind and doctrine that comes and tells you something and stands against the word and stands against Jesus Christ. You'll take a hold on that. You'll trust in your own strength. If you saw people, if you're a man and you saw strong men around you, but they didn't show you how to love God. Guess what? You're getting ready to be a strong man who really don't know how to love God until you come into a until the knowledge of who God is supposed to be to you until the eyes of your understanding and the hope and heart of your heart is open up to receive the fullness of God. That's why heart attacks are higher with men. Stress is higher with men. Blood pressure is higher. That's why men have those higher rates of those things because they have put so much pressure on themselves to perform because of people.
Because people say this is what's successful. And they're not saying a yielded man to God is successful, right? They're not saying, no, a man that yields to God is most successful, right? I'm just telling you, the gospel, the, the world will make you think the gospel ain't sexy, but the gospel is sexy. Like the gospel is sexy. And so it will tell you, like it'll tell you, right? It'll tell you, it'll have you thinking that the gospel is not enough of what you need because it wants you to stay addicted to people because people elevate, change, do move around, are emotional, right? Are all over the place because nobody said to you, no, yo, you need to imitate God. <laughs> you need to, and, and nobody gave us godly images. They gave us part of God and not all of God. Or they went to church and they served in their communities, but they, they had images and things. And somebody's going to say, no one is perfect. No one is perfect. Like no one is perfect. And, I, and it's cool. Ain't, but, but we can be holy. <laughs> we can be holy. And Jesus perfects us. Jesus gives us the perfection we need. Jesus, we just got to learn how to turn, tap into our divine nature and understand who we are in Christ Jesus. Well, that's it for today. I love y'all. I love y'all. Chew on that. We're going, to, we're going to find out what it means to be an imitator of God. We're going to get rid of the junk in us so we can be more full of the Holy Spirit, more full of God, and more full of Jesus so we can fulfill our divine assignments here on earth and nothing less. Nothing less, like nothing less. We're not going to live anything less than kingdom. The devil is a liar. He is a thief. He is a cheater. He steals time. He steals relationships. He steals our purpose. Baby, he knew who you were when you got out of the bed. And so if he can get you consumed in people and you want to be more like people than you want to be more than just like God or just like daddy, then he knows he gives you a false image of success and you'll stay on the wide road, which is full of pits, which is full of all kinds of other things. But we're going to learn how to become in the image of Christ. I love y'all. I love y'all so much, but more than anything, our daddy, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you beyond any sin, anything you've ever done. And he proved his love on the cross. I need God to prove to me who I am, baby. He proved to who you proved to you who he was on the cross. Now, let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for father today that we receive and understand this word. I thank you, father God that this word judges us and opens our heart to receive and see the areas in our life that do not look like Christ. Lord, help us to understand what it means to be an imitator of you. Help us to understand what it means to live in kingdom. Lord, Father God, help us to put off the old man, Lord God, and put on our new man that came to us through Christ Jesus. Let us not be guiled. Let us not be deceived. Let us not be consumed. Let us not be overwhelmed by people. My God, burn up anything in our lives that do not align with the word of God. Now, let me caution you because this is what happens all the time. Let, let me caution you. This word is not for you to go take and pick apart everybody around you. This word is for this word is for you to chew on you. For you, for you, for you. This isn't for you to go and say, mama them didn't even do right by us. This is not for you. This is for you to break generational curses. This is for you to break strongholds. This is for you to get your butt on the narrow path and not the wide path. This isn't for you to go put out lists. This isn't even for you to go teach this yet. 
because most of us ain't ready to teach this yet. We need to receive the fullness of this. This ain't for you to go call everybody. If you want them to get this word, just share this devotional with them. Pick it up on YouTube, pick it on Facebook, pick it up on Instagram. This is for you to chew on this, digest this, because if you haven't walked into the fullness and the knowledge of this, you're not going to properly teach this. You're, you're not. You're not. This is revelation knowledge. This is kingdom knowledge, right? This is kingdom knowledge. This is kingdom knowledge so that you can come to fullness of who you are in Christ Jesus because your God loves you this much that he don't want you sitting around ignorant. I love y'all. It's the weekend, baby. It's the weekend. I hope that you enjoy your weekend. I hope that you get you some rest. I hope that you are refreshed, renewed, and restored. My God, I hope that you serve someone. I hope that you love someone. I hope that you go be loved today and someone experiences the love of God. If you want to get connected and stay connected to this ministry, go subscribe to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com and stay connected. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Become a partner of the ministry. We love y'all so much. I thank you for my partners. I thank you because they are helping me change lives and get the gospel throughout the world. And I love y'all and I thank y'all. May the Lord be with you. And if you have not accepted Jesus, guess what? Here's your turnaround time today. Don't wait till tomorrow. And even if you've accepted him and maybe you haven't been living a life worthy. Maybe you haven't been living a life worthy. Maybe you just simply need to put yourself back in a position and reset this thing. All you got to do is say, look, I've been jacked up. I've been messed up. I'm a sinner. I've been outside your will. Lord God, I need you to forgive me. 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 And then I want to make you Lord and Savior in my life. And Holy Spirit, I need you to come inside me and fill me up so that I can walk into the fullness of who God called me to be. And then let me disciple you. Come hang out with me. If you live in Little Rock, we got a ladies Bible study that I can use to help disciple you. Come. Don't miss coffee and conversations. Subscribe to the emails. All of those things that we do are means and modes of discipleship. We're not doing that for our glory. We're doing that for the glory of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to make my girl Tamika Hall says, I'm making, I'm trying to make Jesus famous. I'm telling you, I'm trying to make Jesus famous. I want Jesus to be everywhere. I want to fulfill my calling assignment on this earth, which is, which is to disciple you and help you live out kingdom and your daily life. I'll see y'all back Monday morning, 5 a.m. Invite someone in. Go subscribe to the YouTube. Stay connected. Love y'all so much. But more than anything, God loves you. Love, peace, and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.